as consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn. Like, like the incredible, incredible hope being bombarded, bombarded by, by gamma rays. But, but what, what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Heterolife makes Stephen Yell want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media and decides if they should be remembered for just a little while longer or tossed into the CGI black hole of obscurity, <laughs> never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me is a man whose birth cry was the sound of a million telephones ringing in unison. Uh, yeah, hell, and I am... Um excited and energized uh to be i'm like a a drugged out chimp uh that's (laughs) using a key card to get out of a building that's the level of excitement and you know what Uh, you are my best chimp which uh (laughs) is like i think one of the best unintentional lines uh of the script of uh the film we are watching today which uh is the lawnmower man if uh if you didn't have um what's up I'm sorry to interrupt you right off the bat, but I, I, I don't know if you read this when researching it, but I read that had Pierce Bronson, uh, <laughs> I always mispronounce his name, Bro- it's Brosnan, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That motherfucker, <laughs> Pierce, mm-hmm. if he had uh, signed on to do another James Bond movie, it was going to be called uh, James Bond, That Was My Best Chimp. Oh, so, uh, and it would just would have been him and a monkey saving the world. Ah, oh, man, that yeah, is a yeah. billion dollar idea there. Uh, I'm, yeah, probably would have been better than um, than Die Another Day, which a lot of people hate, but I love because it's so bad it's good. Um, but maybe we'll review yeah. that one uh, somewhere uh, down the line. But uh, yeah, if you're here checking, <laughs> if you're with us, thanks. This is going to be a really long episode because this is a yeah, long I, I, I movie. See, I, yeah, I was going to suggest, and I meant to say this uh uh, before we went live, uh-huh. but I was too busy texting uh-huh. uh, that we should probably not go into it step-by-step, uh, scene-by-scene, step, scene in as much detail as we normally do, because it is a long film, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, we'll try to hit some uh, highlights. I mean, there are, there are a lot of highlights, though. Um, <laughs> a lot of highlights and lowlights, a lot of, a lot of ins and outs, a lot of what-have-yous. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump right in with our feature presentation. All right, as I said, we are taking a look at uh, the Lawnmower Man, which was released. March 6th, 1992. Uh, Yehel, before we talk about the lawnmower man, let's talk about the man whose story this was pseudo-inspired by. Uh, uh-huh. One Stephen King. Are you a fan? Have you read any books? What's your favorite Stephen King sort of adaptation movie? Um, I think the only Stephen book... Stephen book. Uh, anyways, I'm tired and hungover, folks. It's gonna be a long one. Yes. Uh, the only Stephen King book that I think I've read is because I, I started a couple, but I want to say The Stand. Oh, you made uh, it all the way through that one, huh? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Congratulations. And, uh, coincidentally, my favorite adaptation was The Stand, mm. uh, like the original TV mm-hmm. miniseries. Mm, the Stand. Interesting. Okay. Um, I will say the only book that I've actually read read um, is actually one of his non-horror ones. It is a, a crime book called The Colorado Kid. Um, and I don't know. It's about like a... Oh, I thought maybe it was called uh, The Making of the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> he it, said it was a crime book. My apologies. Ooh, wow. Look at that biting satire. I love it already yeah, off the bat. Zesty. <laughs> uh, at least I think that's what... Anyway, it's a... Uh, it was good. Although, like many of his uh, books, or at least... And this is one of the reasons why I haven't actually sat down and like read too many of them. Because I, I started listening to the Dark Tower on audiobook. But then someone told mm-hmm. me... I, I don't know if you are familiar, but the, the Dark Tower... like. I guess like most of his books, all of them, all of them are super long and it's a series of like, I don't know, 10 books or something. And then the ending Mm. is absolutely awful, which I guess he's pretty much known for really terrible endings in his, uh, in a lot of his books, at least nowadays. Uh, And (laughs) if you can't deliver on an ending after I've devoted so much time into like reading, you're reading your work, then I'm just eh, no thanks. I'll just stick to the movies. Uh, so, fair, fair. so yeah. All right. So you got one Stephen King book under your belt. I've got one. Um, how about your experience with uh, some of the adaptations of his films? Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen it. Uh, Both and, versions. Uh, I prefer, yeah, mm-hmm. I prefer the original. I don't know sure. why. Maybe maybe that's just my Tim Curry fanboy. Ah, there uh, you go. But uh, yeah, I mean the stand like I already mentioned. Um, like right now, I, I, I Pet Cemetery. I think that was one of his also, right? Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean I've seen a bunch of his like right now because of the of the crippling hangover. I can't think of too many <laughs> off the top of my head. But um, right, all right, I'll yeah, I'll just uh, jump you, in. Man? I'll jump in there while you maybe try to think about some more. Uh, yeah, I feel like. Stephen King movies were, they were always on cable, of course, usually edited. And my mom was always trying to suggest that I watch some of them. Uh, Carrie, most notably, at least the edited version, uh, for sure. And I think the ones that work well the most are the ones that, where like a visionary director really came in there and, uh, because, and really like, sort of like, I guess, took the essence of the book and, you know, reformatted it to film because... Uh-huh. I feel like in a lot of the, uh, the Stephen King <laughs> movies, like there's just so much story that a lot of the time they have a hard time adapting it to the uh, feature film format. And I definitely think <laughs> the Lawnmower Man suffers uh, from that problem, uh, but uh, we will get more into that later. But my favorite Stephen King movie, I would say, has got to be The Shining, even though I know it uh, differs greatly from the book, or so I've been told. I keep telling myself I'm going to read the... Uh, read the book someday, but it's probably not. But, but, yeah, but, but you're full of shit. So eh, most likely it'll uh, probably be an audio book. I'm an audio book guy. You're just that you're way, a dishonest I, person that can't be trusted. So right, right. So make sure you stick around for more episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then also I like you know Christine. That that's a John Carpenter movie. And then as you uh, Carrie, of course that's Brian De Palma. Um, and uh, oh, do you know of his movies? Which ones he or which one he actually directed? Oh shoot! I knew this not too long ago, but go ahead. I'm not going to remember. It's a Maximum Overdrive. 
Uh, and I actually like yeah. that one quite a bit, mostly because of the ACDC uh, score. Um, but uh, Doesn't he uh, have a part in it as well? Uh, he's got a lot of cameos. Um, I know he has a... He has like I a, thought he had a more substantial part in that one, but I may be misremembering. You might be thinking of uh, Creepshow. He has like a big part uh, yes, at the end yes, of Creepshow. That is what I'm thinking um, But yeah. uh, all right, enough about Stephen King and his billions of dollars. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's mm-hmm. move on to uh, The Lawnmower Man itself. As I said, uh, it premiered March 6th, uh, 1992. Uh, did you go see this in the theater? Uh, when did you? At, when was your first experience with The Lawnmower Man? I definitely did not see this in the theater. Um, I remember seeing it uh, on TV, but I never caught like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was always kind of catching it towards the end when, once he's already like the avatar, the VR avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, strung out Tron, yeah. I like to call him. Yeah, strung out Tron's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I, I would have gone with Meth Tron, but I can do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> mm. Somebody was certainly on Meth uh, right. during the making of this, but sure. um, yeah, this is the first time I sat through and watched the the whole thing from beginning to end. Wow. Well, uh, what about you? Well, I was really, man. This was like, I don't know, almost like a uh, what's that thing called? almost sort of like a Mandela effect or sort of inception kind of moment mm-hmm. I had as I was watching this because I thought I might have seen it when it came out in the theater. And so I was seeking out uh, the theatrical version for us to watch because the director's cut is so long. Like, I mean, the theatrical yeah. self, the theatrical version in itself is long. The well, director's cut has an additional like uh, 20 almost 20 minutes. Uh, no, I think it's more than that, isn't it? Because the so the one that we watched, the theatrical release, is an hour and forty eight minutes, right? Uh, and the the and the director's cut is two hours and twenty minutes, right? Right. So, so yeah, more like it's like 40. half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is <laughs> come on. I I know that's like Marvel <laughs> movie territory there. Like uh, that's a uh, huge for the nineties. Like people didn't have the attention uh, spans back then. Yeah. Spoiler alert, uh, I think one hour and 48 minutes was too much. (laughs) Oh, for this version, uh, yes. Uh, But anyway, as I was uh, going through and uh, watching this, like I thought I was going to be seeing the version that I saw possibly in the theater back in the 90s. And as I was watching it, I was like, no, (laughs) this is not the version I saw back in the 90s, which then tells me that I must, uh, my friends must have like rented it, maybe for like, a, I don't know, a sleepover or something. And we all watched mm-hmm. it. And I must have seen the director's cut all this time because like, uh, well, we're going to get to the opening here in, the, in a minute, but the opening is completely different. The one that I remember than, uh, than what we're about to discuss here. Uh, so yeah, like I saw Lawnmower Man back in the 90s, and it had a huge uh, impression on me, especially since I was uh, really big into um, video games and watching them sure. play the games in this, I mean, just sort of blew my mind. I was like, wow, those games look awesome. Of course, they weren't actual playable video games. They were just fancy right. <laughs> uh, CGI, but uh, but still, like, uh, they, they still look cool and just sort of like... Well, you know, one of the games actually looks a little bit, at least to me, it reminded me a little bit of Cybermorph. On the Atari Jaguar, oh, um, which the, uh, the game that the chimp is playing yes, at the beginning. Yes, yes, oh, absolutely, uh, uh, for sure. Yeah, that game looked really cool, and uh, the one when they're uh, when they're racing, uh, the flying one. I always thought that looked really cool too. Um, but yeah. uh, anyway, uh, here's a synopsis, a poorly written synopsis off of IMDb. Um, let's uh, here we go. 
A scientist performs experiments involving intelligence-enhancing drugs and virtual reality on a simple-minded gardener. He puts the gardener on an extensive schedule of learning, and quickly he becomes brilliant. But at this point, the gardener has a few ideas of his own on how the research should continue, and the scientist begins losing control of his experiment. And uh, this was directed by... Brett Leonard. Yeah, what's your favorite Brett Leonard movie? <laughs> oh, um, probably The Lawnmower Man. Uh, <laughs> it might be because the <laughs> he doesn't have a great filmography here. Uh, he's actually still working. Uh, another movie, people like in the industry or yeah. like down the street at a store. Uh, he just has a. He's the janitor at the local uh, Catholic girls' school. Uh, no, no, he's still working in the industry. He's got like a project slated to come out here in 2022. Um, he's still working despite uh, pretty much uh, being the guy who killed off the Highlander franchise with Highlander the Source, which is the fifth and currently the final uh, Highlander TV movie that came on sci-fi, which um, like everybody hated. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I've got him for that. Apparently he did. Uh, are you familiar with the Marvel character known as Man-Thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically their answer to swap thing, in case you don't know, uh, yep. listener. Um, but uh, yeah, he did a movie for that. I'm, I'm actually very curious to see that. I think I remember it coming out and then completely forgot about it. And then, um, are you, do you remember the film, again, from the 90s uh, with Denzel Washington, Virtuosity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think sure he, do. he did that one not too long after The Lawnmower Man. So somehow he uh, still kept getting work. And uh, writers, uh, well, this Brett Leonard, he's just a, uh, a triple threat almost because he also worked on the script and uh, right next to Gamil Everett, who wrote something called The Dead Pit, and I guess usually works as a producer alongside Brett Leonard. Uh, she produced Man-Thing and Virtuosity and... Uh, also produced the lawnmower man so you can help blame her mm -hmm. as well for this film or laud her we haven't really decided yet stay tuned <laughs> to the end and of course this was produced by new line cinema uh did you want to help uh give us a taste of what was uh, going on during 93 do we have that segment going on today? uh sure this is uh well this was released march 92 oh no um, okay so steve um let's start off with uh, the number one song in the country for March of 1992, um, I will give you a, a clue. Mm -hmm. It is by a band. Okay. Um, I would call them, uh, yeah, I, I, you would classify them as a, as a hair metal band, I think, or at least like a glam metal mm -hmm. band, but not quite to the extreme of like Poison. Uh, is it Guns N' Roses? Nope, nope. And um, uh, the, the song is a ballad, I should. Oh, um... Well, I'll never be able to guess that. Why don't you just tell me? <laughs> All right. So this song was the number one song uh, from February, the week of February 29th until uh, March 28th. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was To Be With You by Mr. Big. Uh, oh, that song. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. know that one, but I never would have been able to guess it. Yeah, I, yeah. And then for the number one film in America, uh, I'll give you a clue. Um, it is based on an SNL skit. Oh, um, 1992. Dang. SNL sketch. It, it got a sequel. Um, oh, Wayne's World. 
Yep. Good job. All right. It was uh, number one from the week of February 17th all the way to March 22nd when Sharon Stone's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lady Parts? Uh, <laughs> Act, acting toward the force in basic instinct is what I was going to say. Oh, okay. uh, rose to uh, <laughs> number one. Uh, but just to change it up a little bit, Steve, because, um, you know, we this podcast is heard all over the world. Sure. Uh, what do you think the number one movie would have been in the UK? It was not Wayne's World. Yeah, I could see that. Um, hmm. I have no idea. Um, Cape Fear, actually. Ah, hmm. Oh, that's odd. Oh, yeah. Those are both so, good movies, yeah, the, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, and Cape Fear came out in '91 in the states, but mm-hmm. for it must have been like in '91, but for whatever reason, '92 is when it uh, came out over there. But that's what was going on. Nice. That's what was driving the creative juices, the the creative uh, goo in the inside the the skulls of uh, the people that made this movie. I just can't believe Lawnmower Man wasn't number one. Uh, maybe we can find out why. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you this, it was number four the week of it debuted. Oh, all right. Ago. See, you know, it, it had legs. I mean, we're still talking yeah, about I mean, it, it here. Wasn't like a, it, people like talk about it like it was like a failure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a failure. It just wasn't like a huge hit. No, no, It's not no. like it I mean, bombed. No, it's, uh, as you're going to see, it is a mixed bag of filmmaking, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, why don't you take us through a bit of the cast here? Okay, I'm going to make this quick uh, because, man, it's a long movie and we're already 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we have Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> nice. Who, uh, <laughs> he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I actually really like him as an actor. Oh, I love Pierce and, Brosnan. Um, yeah, he's really fun in interviews, too. He seems like a, he's just, like, seems like a fun, charming guy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you've seen him in James Bond and a million other things. Uh, famous, famous guy. Mm-hmm. Job Smith, our, a.k.a. the Lawnmower Man, was played by Jeff Fahey. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wasn't familiar, honestly, with this guy, but he has a ton of credits, and he's still acting. Uh, he was in Lost, which people might recognize him from. He was in a couple seasons of that. Um, but he still gets like lots and lots of parts. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Justified for a little while. Uh, he was also in. Oh no, I already said that. Lost. So yeah, uh, those are the two main people. We also have um, Dean Norris. I think was another guy I recognized. He was the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Norris is another guy who you you know may not know the name, but you certainly know his face, right? Like he's. Mm-hmm. Been in tons and tons of stuff. He was in Breaking Bad. He was Hank in Breaking Bad. I think that's probably what a lot of people would yeah. recognize him from these days. Um, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like the guy's always working. He was in three episodes of Better Call Saul, uh, Terminator Two, bunch of stuff. Um, honestly, like to me, those were uh, oh, and Mark uh, Bring- Bringleson mm-hmm. who plays Sebastian Timms. Um, he's done some things, meh. <laughs> and uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of characters in the movie, in this movie, so I don't want to go through everybody else because it's a pretty big cast. Because there's right. like lots of little side characters. Yeah, there's no need more to. Man interacts with. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we will just uh, jump right in, and uh, we get some nice, uh, scary-looking texts at the beginning, uh, talking about VR, saying that some uh, view it as having uh, millions of uh, great uses. What usages? God. While others say it's just a new form of mind control, 
I mean, and who, you know, who needs VR when you got other forms of mind control? Like, 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 like who are the people at this party where these things are being overheard? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> now, that sounds like a here? fun little cocktail conversation. It's like, yeah, don't okay. you love it too? When a movie just starts with like a paragraph for you to read. <laughs> hey, it worked for Star Wars, right? <laughs> Star Wars is like the only one that can really get away with it. I feel like. Right. Um, right. I mean, yeah, that's what they in script writing 101. They say that like that's a. That's a no-no. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, who needs, you know, VR mind control when you've got religion and the mainstream media? But anyway, I digress. Uh, so, yeah, right off the bat, I would like to ask you what you think about this soundtrack. <laughs> uh, man, real weird. Kind no, of no, like, bro, uh... it sucks. This soundtrack is so <laughs> cheesy. Like, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you compare this to, like, it, the soundtrack of the original Tron, which, like, it isn't fun, the original soundtrack right. for Tron, but they at least, like, use electric instruments. It fits. So, yeah, it fits. It fits this. Yeah, there's, like, right from the beginning, it doesn't fit, like, you know, after we read our paragraph and we see our first live <laughs> shot. Right. Uh, of the outside of a building, it's like this weird. Right. Yeah. It's it's like nothing. It's the kind of like thing you think you'd hear when something happened, but nothing's right, happened. Right. It's just a shot of an outside of a building. And like when they have shots of like the uh, idyllic uh, neighborhood where the lawnmower man works, it's it just sounds like cheesy. Um, you know, just sitcom, almost like soap opera opera music. Like stuff you would get from, you could get from like Incompetech with uh, Kevin McLeod, like basically if you just. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I mean, hey, not his stuff's yeah, his stuff is good, especially since it's free. I mean, but they paid this man, this uh, Dan Wyman, to do, and I just, I really think that the Lawnmower Man could have, uh, if it had a better score, it probably could have shown a little bit brighter. Um, especially, I mean, there was plenty of uh, industrial music. Plus, your. I mean, already this is like post-80s new wave. I mean, it's not like the synthesizer was just invented. But anyway, that's just that's just me. Yeah, continuing on here, uh, we see the sign for the Virtual Sphere Indu Industries, um, which is known as VSI, which is basically the big, scary um, computer lab where um, Pierce Brosnan, a.k.a. Dr. Um, Dr. Angelo, works and does all of his... Um, um uh, computer -y, uh experiments and stuff yeah um and we see the this guy is like a software genius uh, mm -hmm. he's also a medical doctor apparently of <laughs> some kind he's a little bit uh, of everything he's an engineer mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he's an alcoholic yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he it, can do it all he's anything except for a, a lover to his uh i guess was that supposed to be his wife, wife? or girlfriend? Yeah, they weren't his, really. It's his wife. Yeah, because he's he's too into his work. He doesn't have time to mess around, to gallivant around with hussies. <laughs> but that's yeah, and uh, she's uh, she's very unlikable. But honestly, and at first he's pretty unlikable because our first interactions with him is or our first you know kind of introduction to him for mm -hmm. the most part is him and his wife like kind of being petty. Right, right. And, uh, and yeah, we'll get to that. Like, basically, let's just uh, sort of breeze through our cold yeah, open yeah, here. Ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, please, by God. Please. Yeah, we get some uh, voiceover here, which, I mean, the whole uh, edit of this film and pacing feels really weird. Have you ever watched a fan edit, Yahel? Like, of any movie? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. this whole movie feels like a fan edit. Like, they were trying <laughs> to cut down from the original, like, director's cut. They were trying to cut down on runtime. 
So they were putting a lot of like the lines over other scenes. So just so they could condense the runtime. So we're basically seeing shots of VSI, this very dimly lit, like scary looking uh, lab. Everything's blue. Uh, you see all their animal testing. I remember that was like a big thing in the 90s. Everything, everyone was against animal testing. I mean, I guess people still are, but it was like a, a yeah. big hot button issue back then. And you yeah. hear... Um, Steve, Steve is very pro-animal testing. Oh, yeah. Uh, test them all, all the man. Test them all. You got to test them all. Like, <laughs> test them all. <laughs> I mean, that was going to be the original Pokemon slogan, but they changed it. Yeah. You know, the liberals made them change it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm eating, I'm eating free-range chickens, uh, <laughs> eggs. Uh, yeah, you have your chicken. own chickens, right? Uh, anyway, uh, so we're zooming through, and um, he's they're basically talking about his experiments. Um Pierce Brosnan is talking about how his uh, his chimp is uh, is doing great. The best chimp ever. Yeah, we'll get to that. And um, but his this other guy who ends up being Tim's, who basically represents, I mean, the mili- He's the money man. There's always a money man in these things, just like we right, saw right. with Murder She Wrote. Um, he uh, he works for MSI and is basically like, oh, we need we need you to um, you know up your uh, experiments on the chimp here they want them to be yeah, able they want them to to be more the, the chimp to be more aggressive right to... and they're giving like the chimp this formula nootropic drugs right to be able to use the infrared battle helmet which just hearing someone say that out loud just sounds hilarious i don't know <laughs> um so uh so they're talking about the chimp which uh, which we actually see and he's wearing a mat like a helmet slash mask combo that looks like I don't know a, a mix between RoboCop and remember the toy line mask. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, totally reminded me of that. And the bad guy. I see that? Yeah, he says they want the chimp battle ready. Pierce says, "Screw the political assholes. He's the best chimp I've ever had." And uh, yeah, because this is gonna hurt the chimp. Right, right. And, and, and uh, might fry the chimp's brain or something. And you know, I never got the subtext of that uh, line before, but clearly, I mean, uh, Doctor Angelo and the chimp had a, have been hooking up. They had a relationship the whole time. I just never yeah. saw it until well, now. You know what it is? The chimp doesn't mind when he smokes in bed. Unlike <laughs> his ungrateful wife, <laughs> as we'll see later. Right, right. Uh, so then we um, cut to a, a battle simulation, which, uh, oh, this is the first of many, like, awesome 90s uh, CGI moments. And some are better than others. Uh, I think uh, a lot of these are featured in the film. I think it's called Gate 2 or Beyond the Mind's Eye, which is basically just, like, yeah. a collection mm-hmm. yep. of uh, CGI films uh, at the time. It's Beyond the Mind's Eye. Yeah, and uh, and this one is pretty good. I'd say it looks like... Uh, as you, uh, what what game did you say it looked like uh, from uh, what Atari game? Well, it, it reminded me of uh, Cybermorph because it's kind of similar where you're like kind of you know even though you don't see a ship because mm. it's like a first person perspective from the monkey or whatever. Right. But you know the monkey's kind of like flying through and like shooting things and just the the the, the way like the ground is uh, the layout of the terrain. It's very similar and kind of like bright colors. You know, yeah, yeah, and very I very simple polygons, right? And I really liked uh, the look of that, really um, of that one. It was very uh, retro and uh, pretty cool looking, even here in a 2022. If you're looking for that retro aesthetic, so anyway, we uh, roll the opening credits. Uh, I kind of like the lime green wipe and the noise they use just for the logo. I just thought it bared mentioning. So, uh, cut to the chimp uh, escapes. I guess we can assume since. Uh, 
the, that guy Tim's got his way and they made him more aggressive. It just made him more intelligent. So he's now able to escape. Uh, we get to see through his uh, helmet's visor, RoboCop style. And man, does it look cheap. Uh, he steals yeah. um, a guard's gun and key card. And uh, it's, yep. gr- it's great the way they shoot this. It's so obvious that it's not a uh, monkey. They're just, I don't know, shooting behind a, I don't know, a mannequin dressed right, in the helmet right. and everything. And you just see him off camera swiping the key card right, and getting right. through all the doors. Um, let's see. He makes his way. It, th- very cheap. It came off very cheap. Yeah. And that's the, uh, the thing with this movie is that sometimes it feels really expensive and other times, uh, really cheap, almost like a, uh, kind of B movie, uh, as you'll see, as we move forward. And, uh, and this is the, he, all right. So he gets to the last door and you can see on his HUD or heads up display or visor mm-hmm. that he's at the final, um, exit. And as he makes it there, there's a gunshot and this is when I was having my, like, inception moment. I was like, what? I don't remember, like, the chimp, like, you know, getting shot or, or, or dying. Because in the director's cut version, the way it happens is he actually gets away and sort of leads Pierce Brosnan and, I guess, the MSI security to Job. And I just remember him going over and over again, Cybo Man. He keeps calling him Cybo Man, like this uh, comic book character or something, which is almost okay. sort of touched on here. But anyway, we got way too much to talk about. Uh, yes, please. So anyway, Pier- please, never mentioned the director's <laughs> cut again. <laughs> I mean, I think it's yeah. All right. Uh, so Pierce Brosnan uh, jumps awake uh, from a bad dream in bed. He realizes the the TV is on, just showing a uh, war footage. So. I guess that's supposed to say that it was bleeding into his uh, dream. Um, His wife wakes up next to him. Uh, He tries to, I guess we can assume he's trying to instigate a little, a little, you know, but she's not Mm -hmm. interested. Uh, He gets up and absorbs a next door neighbor's fighting, which is pretty integral for the plot later on. The phone Mm -hmm. rings and I guess it's Tim's and he tells uh, Dr. Angelo that his chimp is dead. Um, so now we're back at the lab. Dr. Angelo argues with Tim. Um, and that's when Tim says that he's the military liaison. Um, they also refer to Dr. Angelo as a Larry a few times, which I think is funny. Um, he says he wants to make something better than a military weapon. So yeah, this is all like, you know, your typical, um, you know, nineties tropes here, you know, raging against the man in the military. You know, I want to do something better for science, uh, which works. All right, Tim's tells, and this all leads to Dr. Angelo taking a hiatus. Uh, Cut to a man in overalls walks into a shack. Uh, This guy, he's Terry McKeon. He's just pretty much a side character. Inside the shack, we meet uh, Job. Spoiler alert, the guy who will become the lawnmower man. This is uh, Jeff Fahey. We see there's uh, religious artifacts around the shack as well. Uh, and an awesome-looking lawnmower that apparently uh, he built himself. Now, we uh, um, anything we need to touch on there? Uh, no, no. I, I, th- I think you pretty much uh, covered it. Right. And, uh, I mean, and if it's not hammered home here, in the next scene at the gas station, uh, this the gas station attendant picks on Job, calls him a half-wit, and... Uh, it's revealed that, you know, Job is a, a little bit on the spectrum, a little slow, if you will. What do you think about uh, Jeff Fahey's performance, Job? Uh, I mean, you know, it's 1992, right? Mm-hmm. So 
it's he kind of does a little bit of the um uh what's that what's that movie that uh I keep wanting to say hook, but that's not the movie that Billy Bob Thornton did. Uh Sling Blade kind of Sling Blade, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kinda like in that same vein to mm-hmm. me a little bit his performance, but that's kinda like what back then, like how everybody that was playing a character that was supposed to have some kind of mental handicap, I feel like they always kind of got played the same way. Um he is pretty sympathetic, I will say. Oh yeah, I always um, felt really bad uh, for Job. I think he does a, a really good job, especially when you get when you look at where he starts and where he ends up at the ends. Like it's um, right, right, a pretty pretty good transformation. Yeah, and he really uh, like he doesn't. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say he really commits, and according to IMDb, he wins a uh, a Golden Chainsaw Award from Fangoria for his performance in the Lawnmower oh, nice. Man. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yep. Um, but I, were you I gonna? Mean, I mean, you 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 at least I will say this for this movie, you at least get to see Jeff's uh, Fahey's range as an actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's so. Like, I mean, one of the I, pluses. I was like. Yeah, even though some of the dialogue he's got, some of the dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the dialogue he's given is clunky. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, for you sure, can, you still can see that. Like he, does, you know, he 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 almost gets a chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, almost <laughs> for sure. And since we're talking about performances, what do you think of a young Pierce Brosnan's uh, performance in this film? Yeah, well, he's not that young here, but uh, right, he's already. Uh, well, I guess young to how we know. Yeah, fifty. You think so? No Maybe way. Forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah 40s. forty. Okay. Uh, well, actually, you know, forty's very young. Forties now that. Yeah. I what are you talking 41. about? Yeah, forty's super young. What are you saying? Yeah. 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 My my libido has never been higher. <laughs> uh, Thanks to Testafin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh, no, uh, Pierce is good. Um, I he, he gets like probably the most ridiculous uh, some of the worst dialogue mm-hmm. i would say and he does a pretty good job with it yeah i think uh i feel like he hams it up in certain areas um and as you were saying before he's not he's not that likable at times but it's not his fault i mean he's uh it's the way the character is written i think the director's cut is actually sort of more from job's point of view which i think probably would have helped the movie a lot. But anyway, moving on. Um, So the director, let's see, cut to a meeting room at VSI where, uh, um, oh yeah, so I guess we were at the gas station. The biker guy um, is smoking and um, uh, Job freaks out and the gas station attendant calls him a halfwit. The gas station guy is your typical bully, uh, big surprise. And and the Terry... um, who was the brother of the priest who we're going to meet later. He uh, sort of diffuses the situation. Anyway, cut to a meeting room at VSI. Um, Tim's is having a, um, <laughs> the world's largest Skype meeting with uh, the director. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who is just on this massive screen. And, and, and we see a lot of these, just these really sort of short m- meetings between the villains, which I feel like, I guess maybe we're editing. It happened too many times. Yeah, yeah, and it really slows down the pacing, and I don't know. Uh, You know, this guy reminded me of um, (laughs) the uh, the bad guy, or who we who we think is supposed to be the main bad guy in uh, Equilibrium. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Just the way he talked, and like you know, he was the guy who was giving these speeches or whatever. Like, even kind of looked like him a little bit in the face. Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah, good totally reference. Reminded me of that guy from Equilibrium. Yeah. All right. So now we should cover that. I, I agree, one hundred percent. 
So cut to um, Dr. Angelo wearing VR gear in his home. Uh, this is always a funny scene for me. He's playing this game that makes, I guess, the um, the player feel like they're uh, floating around in a Skittles commercial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, he waves his hand and opens up this dialogue box that gives you the options that read uh, floating, flying, or falling. Um, and there's all these weird, like, moaning sounds in the game. I think some of them are coming yeah, I was, I was from say, him. It should be like floating flag or fucking. Well, Which, funny enough, the, his wife comes in and says, what's next? Virtual fucking or something Yeah, like she that? says, uh, she comes in, she unplugs the game. And this is funny because, like, I feel like this scene is probably, like, a fortuitous uh, or foretails the future of, like, many uh, marriages in, like, 2022 of just like wives coming in and unplugging unhappy wives coming in and unplugging like their husbands, like, you know, Xbox or PlayStation <laughs> going, pay attention to me. Now, I don't have that problem. Other people though. Um, but yeah, she comes in, she unplugs the game and he's like, what are you doing? Caroline? Like you never unplug a VR game, whatever console. And she's, she goes floating, flying, falling. What's next? Fucking. And I always thought that <laughs> sadly, that line always stuck with me all the way from 1992 to here in 2022. It always cracked me up. Right. And that's like the weird thing about this script is that it's pretty bad, as you said, with some pretty bad dialogue, but there are a few gems here and there. So, yeah, yeah but this is where we see uh, more or less that their uh, relationship is not good. He's basically choose in the classic sort of mad scientist way. He chooses his work over his wife. And now we cut to a uh, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> cut to a um, nice big lawn. Um, Peter, the local boy, comes to hang out with Job, who's cutting that big lawn. That lawn happens to belong to Dr. Angelo. Now we cut to a creepy church with creepy priests. He's spraying um, roaches and says that's supposed to be Job's uh, job. He finds Job, um, yada, yada, yada. He basically beats uh, Job with a belt. Um, I guess uh, he takes pleasure in it. I mean, they aren't really. I mean, what do you what do you read into that whole little relationship? Yeah, there? we never really find out like the priest motivation. I was like, oh wait. I, at first, I was like, oh, is this gonna be like a sexual thing? Because mm -hmm. it's a priest, right? So uh, that's just where you would assume a bad guy priest mm -hmm. in a movie. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess basically he's just taking advantage of because he's like dim-witted and obviously he's just an abusive guy right. so it seems like it's just a physical we could say that just a physical he, abuse. he's just enjoying like assert his power over another human being of of lesser intelligence right. sadly um so he whips him with a bell for not remembering his chores cut to dr angelo uh caroline's leaving uh larry aka angelo says that caroline <laughs> like i really hate like um i kind of wish they would have Maybe had Dr. Angelo deal with him, like, not being able to, like, work on his work better than just sitting around and, like, moping about it and drinking. He just goes, oh, Caroline, <laughs> you have no idea what I'm going through about my work. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> it works for the sake of the, of the movie and the plot. Uh, time lapse. Sure. Dr. Angelo says his hiatus is driving him insane. He wishes he had a human subject. And he happens upon Job cutting his grass. Uh, the music here sounds like a soap opera. He asks Job if he wants to come inside and play a game. And of course, Job says... And, and, and again, 
uh, sorry to cut you off here, but kind of back to Pierce Bronson's char- Brosnan's character being an unlikable guy. Yeah. He isn't too different from this Catholic priest. If you think about it, you know, he sees a simpleton, you mm-hmm. know, that he can simple minded guy that he can take advantage of for his own. Now, he doesn't want to hurt him. You know, I mean, he, you know, we, we do see that Pierce has like a conscious and, and those kind of things. Right. You know, but he's but, also obviously driven by his, uh, you know, his ego and just, you know, the, right. the typical drive of your typical mad yeah. scientist. So Joe plays some games. The first one is like your basic sort of put the square in the other square kind of, I don't know, uh, kindergarten kind of thing. The second one is the awesome flying one we talked about before that I always thought looked awesome. Uh, he plays against Peter and loses. Uh, Dr. Angelo says he has other games that could help him make, um, help make him smarter. Uh, Joe agrees, and he's like telling a this is this part kind was kind of iffy. I guess he's uh, cut to Job is in the in the church. I guess he's dusting a um, a giant mm-hmm. crucifix, and he's I guess he's telling Jesus about Doctor Angelo and the tests. And we see Father McKeon, uh, and it looks like he overhears, but he doesn't really do anything about it. Um, so maybe yeah, it was a little weird and disjointed mm. I, I don't know maybe there's something in the director's cut that like better yeah well, we could only hope together or something um but uh, dr angelo gives uh job a shot then he puts the vr system on and begins to treat uh, job's brain um they it's uh is this when they're doing the um like the weird like flashy symbols on yeah yeah, yeah. i thought that was cool i was reading on the imdb that those are like Kabbalistic like symbols that they were uh, flashing um, that uh, f- from the Kabbalah, which I don't know if you're familiar with all that weird chaos magic yeah. stuff, but yeah, Is, isn't it like some kind of Hebrew mysticism yeah. or something? Yeah, like that? that's exactly or... it. Yeah. Um, and uh, okay, moving on. Um, so while on lunch break, Job sees uh, an attractive woman. Um, they do more VR games. Job responds and gets smarter this time. He beats Peter at the flying game. Dr. Angelo says now he's on the next level. So then he breaks out the Sega Genesis. Uh, just kidding. I wrote that in. Uh, <laughs> Father McKeon walks. The next level, for those that don't know, was uh, welcome to the next level was one of Sega's, Sega's marketing slogans. <laughs> Thank uh, you for explaining the, the reference. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Father McKeon walks in on Job. He tries to whip him, whip him good. But Job stops him and says, you shouldn't hit people. And I thought that was a pretty good moment, actually, because it's like, yeah, yeah, fight back, Job. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, and I, I thought they did a good job with transitioning uh, Job's character from, you, you know, as he, as he gets smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like this jarring thing where suddenly he's smarter. And we find out, like, a lot of time has, like, gone on because, like, when, you know, there's a narrative voiceover from Pierce Brosnan's character where he talks about, like, oh, it's been a month of treatments and blah, blah, blah. And we do see that Job is, like, a little bit smarter, but he's not, like, even though it's been a month, he's not, like, super, super smart. So I do like that, like, this happens over a long period of time. Right, right, right. And uh, so skipping over a bit here. Um, oh, wait. I don't want to skip over that. Uh Basically, he ends up taking uh, Job to uh, VSI, and uh, this is where we get a lot of the really cool, I guess, sort of imagery that the lawnmower man is known for, the uh, the gyroscopes, those um, sort of like mm-hmm. ball things that they get into, 
And then the, what they call cyber suits, which I mean, I think are pretty much Tron suits. I mean, they look exactly the same, I'd say, um, which are supposed to like enhance the, uh, the whole VR experience. Um, and, and we didn't even comment on, uh, cause we've already seen the, uh, actually we already saw this at the beginning when the, uh, the monkey was in there. Uh, but now, uh, Job's going to go in there and basically he's, <laughs> he's going to be the monkey this time. Um, and they go in there and we see a big CGI brain and a bunch of other weird floating crap. And Tim, Tim's comes in and observes the session. Uh, there's basically a scene that we skipped over where, um, uh, Pierce or Dr. Angelo tells uh, Tim's about the experiments that he's been doing at home and asks mm -hmm. to go back to uh, to VSI, which I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of I mean, you can see the bind that, uh, you know, Dr. Angelo is in. He I'm sure he doesn't want to go back to VSI, but at the same time, his scientific curiosity is just driving him forward. Right. Right. Back to the hands of, you know, the uh, the military bastards that he hates so cut mm -hmm. cut to uh job cuts grass uh, shirtless and um he sees uh, the attractive lady from before there's like a run-in with her at the gas station that we skipped over it's really not that expensive or important why did i say expensive uh and it's weird because like i feel like she's like the only attractive woman in town because they never show anyone else um but that's just more about i guess having a small cast i guess so basically she yeah. invites him inside and uh and <laughs> it, it gets and then she invites him inside oh you know oh I mean. yeah <laughs> and i go i wrote here congratulations lady you just took advantage of someone who's on the spectrum yes <laughs> I, I thought that too. I'm like, this is rapey. This is rape. Yeah, basically, but right. Like but back then, yeah, hell, it's it was the '90s. It's all about <laughs> boys will be boys. It's okay yeah. because I, I mean he, I mean he does want to. Oh, yeah, so for maybe, sure. Maybe rape's not the right word, but it, she's still kind of taking advantage of him, you know. Either way, and uh, right. I do like that. Um, his uh, it's not his dad, but like the the the, the, Terry, the other long guy, Terry McKean. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of his his keeper or whatever uh, is like you better go inside and get you yeah. some. You know, <laughs> he's all he's all about it. Oh my gosh, that yeah, yeah, that was pretty. What a, what a good guy, for sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we're back at I believe we're at the lab, and Tim tells uh, Larry he wants to move forward now with uh, more experiments on Job. Larry says there's more things to that he wants to iron out. So basically. We're going through the same stuff with Job as he went through yeah. with the chimp. Uh, now, uh, then there's, we jump through the uh, the diner scene, and this is finally where things kind of start to go wrong. Uh, before, I guess you could say we were in the fun and games stage. Uh, it, mm -hmm. For those who've read the Save the Cat book, <laughs> screenwriting book, uh, Job goes into the diner. Um, he talks to Peter. This is where they show like that comic they sort of reference more in the um in the director's cut. He's like uh Peter goes, "Don't you want to check out the comics?" and uh Job's like, "No. Nah, I've uh I've given it up." Apparently, he's become too intelligent for comic books, which right, for comics, I am yeah. highly offended that uh, anyone would write that in their movie. Um uh, but uh I uh I, I, I thought it was uh, weird that, like, I guess this diner mm -hmm. has a comic book section. Right. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I guess this is supposed to be one of those small towns that uh, maybe that's how it was back in the 50s, you know, when America was great. I don't know. 
great. Yeah. When uh, you can take advantage of uh, mentally challenged people. Right. And just go and, have uh, sex with them. Yes. And and the, the town the town celebrated. Right. Celebrated you. For exactly. Them. Yeah. Well, what a great time. <laughs> um, so uh, it was weird. I feel like nothing really triggered it. Just out of nowhere, he starts grabbing the sides of his head and starts hearing all, all the thoughts of the townspeople inside the diner. Now, right. he immediately goes back to Dr. Angelo, and uh, the doc says he'll figure something out. Um, I think this scene is kind of interesting because clearly, you know, he's more interested in the fact that, uh, or, I mean, it's, it's almost like a sort of balance where he's like just so fascinated about what's going on it seems like mm-hmm. he's concentrating more on that than he is with um, Joe's right, health. Like, and this is like one of the weird lines that they gave to Pierce. And I was like, oh, this is like not a good line. But Pierce brought like he says something like, oh, I always wondered if there were if abilities and powers were like possible for humans. You know, and I, I thought this experiment might unlock them. Like, did you really think that like <laughs> you <laughs> just because you were going to make a guy a little smarter that he'd suddenly be able to like hear people's thoughts like really that's quite the leap there james bond but <laughs> right you know, right for sure um, uh and then i love how he also um at the after he discovers that he's a psychic he immediately thinks to himself i have to keep this psychic stuff secret from tim's and then um job goes who's tim's and so we immediately cut to another skype conversation with tim's and the big-headed director Director tells him he needs to guide Dr. Angelo's research in the right direction, you know, into the military direction. Of course, Tim's message uh, messes. You see Tim's messing with the VR unit at VSI. Uh, Dr. Angelo does another session with Job and it immediately um, messes Job up even further with, you know, uh, I I wrote the name down um, with what it is that they they call it later in my notes. I'll get it later. But it messes Job up with whatever they did with the chimp. And uh, Dr. Angelo comes and rips him out of the gyroscope. And Job goes, I saw God. I saw God. Which is really creepy. Uh, it was a good creepy moment. Um, yeah. So then Job is in the bathroom. And <laughs> now he has telekinetic powers, which he uses to squeeze <laughs> Uh, toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I'd use it to do some other stuff, but if you want to use it to brush your teeth, oh, yeah, why not? Whatever, um, whatever, you know. Job takes uh, his uh, girlfriend, who took advantage of him, uh, to VSI. And did you notice they have, they? I think they have, like, the same, like, hair dye um, Job and his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know. It just looked... Uh, yeah, very similar, mm-hmm. very similar. Uh, by the way, something I wanted to mention earlier... When um, Pierce, when we first see Pierce at home mm-hmm. uh, donning his own VR gear, you might have noticed that it said VPL uh, on the uh, gloves. Mm-hmm. And just so that people know, like VPL um, is was basically like one of the first companies to like really like look into virtual reality. Um, and it was founded by this guy, Jaron Lanier. And I just know this stuff from working on the Power Glove video. Nice. But long story short, uh, he, this guy created and and his company VPL created the Data Glove, which was the first V kind of real VR thing that really like worked well, and it was used by NASA uh, at the Jet Propulsion Laboratories, and from that is where the Power Glove from that technology was derived. So, um, just wanted to get that little bit of insight. And also, uh, correction earlier, I said that Lawnmower Man was the fourth 
uh, movie the weekend it debuted. It was actually the number two. Oh wow! Uh, movie, and I didn't know this, but so the budget was ten million, mm-hmm. so pretty small budget even for back then. Sure. Um, and it hit, it grossed thirty two million just in the U.S., so it was a hit mm-hmm. or not a hit, but you know successful sure. enough. And I didn't know this. It's an independent film. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that either. Hmm. Yeah, it was the, the biggest indie film uh, of 1992. But uh, anyways, please continue. Uh, well, while I'm thinking about it, did you know that there's a sequel? Oh, yeah. Well, well uh, I didn't watch it, but I did watch the trailer well, for it. Doesn't look good. We're going to have to do it someday, <laughs> someday. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so this part, you really have to sort of suspend your disbelief, I think, um, because Job takes his uh, girlfriend to VSI. And like, it's like, why would they let them in there? Like without Dr. Angelo, because he's the one with all the clearance and everything. Uh, But you know, when I was watching this as a, I don't know, 12, 13 year old in the nineties, I never questioned it. Um, I mean, I thought the same thing, but then I kind of assumed, well, he's got all these mind control powers now. Yeah. Maybe that's how he's getting in, but they should have shown that if anything, right? him like making maybe people initially are like hey you can't and then he like stares at them and oh go ahead right know. i thought he's basically a jedi now right well this i guy, mean i didn't basically a jedi. think that that those abilities weren't he wasn't really in control of them at this point um but uh sure whatever we'll roll with it uh so he plugs her into the vsi mainframe and into the gyroscopes and the cyber suits and uh they basically make out in vr because who wouldn't and uh, and then they turn into like a weird CGI dragonfly, and and then she gets stuck in some weird like sort of uh, they describe it as CGI like primordial ooze, and the frame rate slows yeah. down, which was so weird. <laughs> uh, and um, Job then turns into a VR monster, and the girlfriend starts. I think her name is Marty or something. Starts freaking out. And he has to basically unplug himself and go and pull him out. And now uh, plug, pull her out. And basically, she's a, a vegetable now. Uh, cut to... Uh, but one that's, like, always laughing or something? Yeah, yeah. Well... Like, like she's awake, but, like, yeah, but she's not all there anymore. Right, right, yeah. So going into VR, like, freaked her out. I remember my first time going to Disney Quest. Same thing happened to me. Uh, well, you know, funny enough, the actress that played her actually had, I was reading that, she um, had trouble filming those scenes because of the strobe light. Uh, it was making her sick. So basically, they used, like, a body double mm-hmm. for, like, all the wide shots she's in. And then the close-up ones, like, they filmed her on a blue screen. And that's why, like, her head doesn't really, like, move. Right, right. Uh, or that body doesn't move around. So, yeah, you know. Uh, yep, they were... Uh... They were cutting edge here on Lawnmower Man. Uh, so Job is cutting lawns by controlling the lawnmower with his mind, which I used to cut lawns in my neighborhood back when this movie came out, and I just thought that was awesome. I was like, man, if only I had that power. <laughs> I could buy so many comics. Like, uh, But uh, <laughs> Tim's tells Dr. Angelo he has to go to Washington to present his work. Uh, Job arrives at VSI and shows uh, Dr. Angelo his new telekinetic powers. And of course, uh, Tim sees it because they didn't even try to hide it or anything. Uh, Job says uh, they're just awakening ancient areas of the brain that was lost to man. And uh, Doc wants to do tests, but Job says no. The treatments have to continue. 
Um, this is when Job really is uh, transformed. His uh, voice is different. He's like super calm. His, uh, I mean, I love the uh, the transformation his hair goes through from like at the beginning of the film. It's all sort of like right. wiry and looks like young Einstein. Real frizzy all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah and now yeah, it's messy. like super slick and just like, uh, um, you know, basically super villain more or less. And so Dr. Angelo goes to Washington and Tim's reveals that uh, they already instigated Project 5. That's the what I was looking for earlier. That's the thing that screwed up the chimp at the beginning. And that's what he uh, he put into the MSI mainframe that they that right. accidentally got used on Job or purposely got used on Job. Dr. Angelo freaks out. <laughs> I love his little like freak out in the um, in that uh, meeting for some reason. I don't know. Uh, and uh, cut to uh, Job goes to VSI to continue the treatments. Tim's uh, visits uh, Dr. Angelo at his hotel room. He says they are going to bring Job to Washington. Uh, Dr. Angelo realizes people are coming for him too. Meanwhile, Job is back at MSI freaking out because he's injected so much of the drugs into him. Uh, and Dr. Mm -hmm. Angelo is trying to James Bond his way out of uh, the predicament and he steals a car there's a scene where okay so all these like security guys are um coming in on uh, dr angelo and uh i love how he um he overpowers tim's uh, in a very poorly crafted fight um yeah, awful, and i didn't awful. uh think about it but it's um it's on the imdb um, at first you think like, how is this, uh, scientist able, able to overpower this? Um, I don't know. I guess you can assume that Tim's is like a, oh wait, no, he overpowers a security guard later. And then you think to yourself, Ooh, maybe, uh, Dr. Angelo has been doing the treatments on himself too. Ooh, think about it, guy. Think about it. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he basically James bonds him his way out of the, the uh, predicaments. He steals a car mm -hmm. now, um, Basically, we are at the church, and this starts with, I guess, the, the fun and games for evil Job, because now he's ready for revenge on Father McKean. Mm -hmm. Now he's got this awesome-sounding, computer-modulated voice, um, and he basically <laughs> he burns Father McKean with CGI fire. Um, <laughs> oh, man, terrible-looking. Like it, I, I didn't even like realize it was supposed to be like, Burn, him burning mm -hmm. i just thought it was like some oh some weird power thing he's doing or maybe it's supposed to be like i don't know the guy's cells being disintegrated right. or something like and then like about halfway through and the scene is long right right like <laughs> and, and it doesn't look good but they made it like really long and then i'm like oh wait he's like burning right yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they like throw some smoke in there, like into the room? You know, like something. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the thinking uh, is is that he's using the pure power of virtual reality to burn him. Right. Uh, I guess that's the yeah. Um, which I mean, it's funny because now you can see like all manner of like super low budget um, like action movie with their. CGI muzzle flashes and fire and um, I mean even in like big budget stuff we were watching a show the other day and they were using like CGI fire and you could still tell it's fake even today um, yeah it's very hard to do um, proper like looking fire right. uh, in, in CG like sometimes you know it'll some some movies or 
TV shows will get it right here and there. But yeah, there's always usually something in your brain that kind of tells you mm, something about this. This isn't quite how fire behaves. Yep. Uh, so next up, uh, Joe. Next up on Job's revenge tour, he goes to the gas station <laughs> attendant, and oh, this is this was great. First off, he telekinetically uh, uses the gas pumps uh, to tie him up. Uh, then the guy, um, the bully, he's like, oh, please uh, don't hurt me. And then <laughs> he basically creates like a, the CGI avatar of the lawnmower man with a lawnmower in the lawnmower man's mouth. It's like the, uh, you know, the razors or whatever. Uh-huh. He yeah. sends that to psychically attack the bully's like brain. And it's a CGI representation <laughs> and and I guess it basically turns him into a uh, a vegetable, um, which I mean is <clears throat> it's pretty hilarious looking. Um, what did you think about yeah. that scene? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it would look hilarious even if you did it today because it's like the guy's mouth is like lawnmower clippers, right? You know? And instead of instead of teeth, and it just I don't know, like it was kind of. Funny and you know it makes sense, right? For him as a character, Job to make his revenge. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you dumb now, right? You know, right, yeah. Because you, you kept calling me an idiot. Well, now you're get, now you get to live as an idiot, right? Um, so it's it's, it's a good idea. Uh, that that great <laughs> execution, and like it's weird because like the because of the CG and the limitations, you can see that like the clippers as they're like going through the CG brain, mm-hmm. like they literally clip through the CG brain, but the CG brain doesn't move or no. anything or interact no, with it no, at all. No. So it just looks like real, like, crap. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> at least in The Lawnmower Man, we get actual CG, and not like in our past uh, episodes, which you should definitely check out, where their answer of uh, VR was to just film a regular scene and then put a couple of filters and change the colors uh, in it. Right, yeah. right. This, this is Hollywood, Fair. baby. They had a... A budget, I guess, of uh, $10 million, as you said. Yeah. Anyway, so the last stop, well, I guess not last last, um, but um, Revenge number three is uh, Peter's dad, you know, the, uh, the wife-beating drunk, I guess, who is at home uh, watching wrestling, which is WCW Saturday night, and... Uh, no, that was WWF because uh, Vince McMahon even talks. It's Vince McMahon on commentary, and he even references one of the wrestlers <clears throat> having been in all seven WrestleManias. Well, according time. to the IMDb, which I guess is wrong, because I, I think you're right. Uh, they said it's WCW Saturday Night. Um, but anyway, I remember. Yeah, it's definitely. De- I think it's WWF Super. It's definitely a WWF ring because the ropes were like rope ropes, not the cable ones like WCW mm-hmm. had. And it's Vince McMahon's voice. Well, there you go, kids. You can't trust everything you read on IMDb. Um, and uh, I remember I used to pop when, uh, whenever they would show that scene because I'd be like, oh, my gosh, wrestling in, in a movie. And then now that I think about it, I'm like, they just want to show that th- this guy's an asshole because assholes watch wrestling. Uh, right, drunk drunk morons right, watch wrestling. Exactly. So. Um, and man, they were really, they cut to it a lot, like a full, like yeah, two close-ups of like of wrestling. So, I mean, they- my guess, Steve, is this movie has a $10 million budget. I read that the CG stuff cost them like um, 500K or mm-hmm. something like that, which so that's a pretty, you know, when you only have 10 million mm-hmm. and you're paying Pierce Brosnan, who, you know, would have needed like a hefty salary to be put, played. 
you know, you don't have a lot of money to play with. So my guess is that Vince McMahon and the WWF were like, okay, yeah, you can use this footage, mm-hmm. but you have to like show it, you know, like full screen for X amount of time or something. Oh yeah, maybe. But uh, I mean, Pierce Brosnan was not the name at this point that he is now because this is pre-James Bond. This is like post Fair. Remington Steel, pre-James Bond. So he's about to be a huge star, but uh, not. Not a big star yet, um, so I don't think he was too expensive. So I'm saying, but he's worth every penny, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he basically uses his telekinetic powers to send the uh, the cool lawnmower um, in after uh, Peter's dad. So he basically kills the dad with a lawnmower, um, and it's a pretty cool scene, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say typical. Ridiculous. It's really. I, I will say that like this movie, like at this point, it turns into like a horror. Oh yeah, film, it's full basically. on uh, Stephen King movie at this point. It's like be- before we were in sort of like a sort of sci-fi like tech tech area, and then now it's your typical Stephen King movie. I would say at this point. Um, yeah, even though it's nothing like the Stephen King. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and did you did you see that like Stephen King actually sued? Oh yeah, to get his the, name um... taken off of it. Yeah, but I do hear that there's like a laser discs of the director's cut that says uh, Stephen King's a lawnmower man on it uh, somewhere. So that wouldn't surprise me because uh, so I read that you know so Stephen King won the lawsuit mm-hmm. um, to have his name taken off for the advertising of it, but it could his name could be used like in the actual like i I guess some of the materials right um and uh eventually like i guess like when the movie was released new line and cinema initially still advertised right as stephen king's thing at first and then he they got held in contempt of court blah blah (laughs) so i bet like some stuff i i I bet after that uh because they had to pay stephen king like two and a half million dollars uh i bet after that you know they were like you know what just take his name off everything right right for sure so cut all right so daddy's dead peter's dad is dead cut to dr angelo drives down his neighborhood street um he is now witnessing basically the aftermath of um um job's uh, murder spree uh, and now he sees a predactor from ace ventura who is one of the uh, cops basically i'm not sure of that actor's name i'm not sure if you mentioned him or not and he's basically no. giving him a play-by-play of uh, what uh, happened. I'm quite certain, like this whole scene is not in the director's cut. Um, yeah, he's uh, so then they uh, they're like, oh, this guy got moited and this guy got moited. We got to go down and fill out a whole bunch of uh, paperwork. And then they see like Job off to the side, and then they look back at a Dr. Angelo, and he's like, eh. It just looks like three accidents. Come on, let's go get some donuts. And uh, it's like <laughs> a really hilarious, like an unintentionally hilarious uh, scene. Um, after all, like the the horror we just uh, witnessed. Um, and yeah, so they call it accidents. Uh, Job goes um, back into, oh, he goes into Dr. Angelo's VR unit this time. You know, the one with the floating, falling, flying, and fucking uh Dr. Angelo <laughs> grabs the VR helmet off of him, and inside he sees like an avatar of Job telling him that VR is a whole new universe. And he tells him he's going back to VSI 
to put himself into the mainframe computer to become pure energy. And once he enters the neural net, his birth cry will be the sound of every phone ringing in unison, which is kind of like a cool line, but it doesn't really work here in 2022 since like yeah. no one has a landline anymore. Um, <laughs> so Dr. Angelo says he's, uh, he's had a psychotic breakdown and he does seem like he really wants to help Job at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. Job reads uh, Dr. Angelo's mind and sees that uh, the shop, which is what they refer to the, again, I guess the military industrial complex, that they're uh, coming to get him. And uh, then using his telekinetic abilities, he ties up Dr. Angelo. Uh, the shop um, sends um, a, uh, um, a bunch of security guards to come get uh, Job. And this is when <laughs> some really awful effects happen. First off, like they have that weird representation of the security van that Job can see through the house. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. God, yeah. that thing is awful. Like that is not in the yeah. original version that I saw. When I first saw that, I burst into to laughter. Like laughter. Yeah, I mean that's like <laughs> yeah. something you would see in like a uh, like a science um, um, video in school, like in like third grade right, or something. Right. Um, and then, so the guards uh, surround the house. They all have like submachine guns and Job projects like this giant golden version of his head, like above them. The idiot guards try to shoot him and then he turns them into giant pixels, basically, uh, which look yeah, hilarious. Like it's, it, yeah, it's like they use a weird, so I read a little bit about it and it's technically a particle effect. Mm, I can see that. Uh, a very early one, obviously, and you remember the game the balls. Yeah. <laughs> How about yes, even even more so, Vector Man. Vector Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me. So of. They, their bodies get turned into like these little balls, but they're not that that little because right. this is the '90s, and you can't have like millions of these like particles. Right. You know, you you, you did, they would still be rendering it out right now. You sure. Know? <laughs> and it looks awful. Like they're just like these little bouncy balls, mm -hmm. and then they slowly start disconnecting from the body from itself but it looks terrible mm -hmm. there's no blood um and how i think that they did this is as a cg artist right of course um just f and from the way it looks like they did is you know they created like the the particles or whatever and then they just literally did like a video texture mm -hmm. of like the guys and just like did those over those particles and it doesn't look good at all <laughs> no and like there were a couple of them too that i swear i could see like the texture the seam where it like wrapped on itself mm. so like yeah it's not a good effect so naturally they use it like four more times right if you <laughs> watch the director's cuts like this scene is not in the movie because i think they they knew how bad it was so they uh they got yeah. rid of it <laughs> everything looks bad like the giant head of joe yeah looks bad. it's just like it, it looks like somebody like just put like a gold filter right mm -hmm. on his head and then just like in Photoshop, if you were to like super emboss something, <laughs> it just looks like, like it's been embossed. I love it right? when people talk to me in uh, Photoshop filters. I understand completely what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so because of this whole display, the director has now seen uh, Job in action because uh, I guess I forgot to mention before the security guards leave like their their white uh, ra rapey creeper van, 
um, the director <laughs> says, make sure you keep me on like the, um, I don't know, security camera. Cause I want to see, you know, what happens more or less. So he basically sees his men get turned into whatever, um, to, to, right. to Skittles or pixels or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so now that, um, we're with uh, the director who's in the flesh now talking to Tim's, he's, I think he's in the flesh. I can't even remember. It doesn't really matter. He tells, um, uh, Tim's to confiscate all of Angelo's files because he's been hiding this weapon from them. And Tim's is like, Oh, I can't believe it. That's not, that's not our Dr. Angelo. I know him well. Um, so, uh, let's see, where are we here? Job has a Terry. <laughs> This is an awkward scene, too. Job has Terry um, pick him up for a ride to MSI. He's obviously using his um, psychic abilities to control him. Uh, right. Peter, local Peter, comes and uh, picks up uh, doc, or frees Dr. Angelo from, um, from his uh, bounds. Um, and Dr. Angelo then hacks a VSI um, mainframe to protect it from the Internet, basically. Uh, all the troops stand uh, waiting for Job at the um, at, at the front of VSI, and then <laughs> how is Job going to destroy all these um, security guards? He uses digital bees to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> that looked awful. <laughs> Who came up with that? It was like, <laughs> I mean, they could have used anything. Like maybe he could have like done um, I don't know, so just something more. I mean, I guess bees are horrifying to some people. Um, it could have done something that could have been easier to design, maybe. Like, you know, robots or just shards of something that he all could have just been yeah, like... and honestly, you can't even, like, tell that they're supposed to be bees mm. other than the sound of the buzzing. Because they don't even look like bees. No. They just look like these weird shapes, yellowish right. shapes. And in hilarious sort of, like, you know, 1940s monster movie fashion... The stupid guards try to shoot the bees. I mean, I guess you really have no choice but to try something at that point. But they're just trying to right. shoot. And, and and there's like a big bug that comes out of the bees right. too. Like some other kind of bug that attacks them. And <laughs> yeah. And that's what ends up killing them, right? The, the big bug or whatever. Right. And so, uh, I mean, you can see this coming from a mile away. Um, uh, Terry and um, Job sit in the truck and a guard out of nowhere shoots Terry for really no good reason other than to make Job angry. And <laughs> it just seems like poor planning. Yeah, right. Job then makes this guard who has like a full, full length, like sniper rifle awkwardly, <laughs> like try to shoot himself in the head. And you can see it takes like several like cuts to try to get the guard right. to like angle the barrel, and yeah, I still don't correctly. I still don't even think he gets it in the end. But no, it's weird. Like 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 the gun is like pointing uh like up basically, mm -hmm. right? Yet somehow still shoots him in the forehead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. By the way, uh, I I did see in the chat we had somebody uh Detroit retro gamer DRG three one three left us three red heart emojis, three virtual hearts. Thank you. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. That. <clears throat> That guy used to show up uh, quite a bit. Thanks for showing up again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, the this there's a lot of sort of there's some pretty funny logic things that happen here in our third act that uh, I hope got cleaned up in the director's cut. I don't really remember if they do or not, but 
anyway, we're almost there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> like, so yeah, so he makes the guard shoot himself. It's hilarious. Um, then he turns uh, Tim's into pixels as well, uh, Job does. Uh, then Peter shows up to uh, Dr. Angelo's. Um, oh, wait, he already did. He freed him. He gets his mom to uh, give um, Dr. Angelo a ride to MSI, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. And then, of course, Dr. Angelo tells them to go and like leave them. And he picks up a random submachine gun um, out of nowhere. And this is hilarious. His mom, Peter and his mom are just like, we're just going to wait here, just on the side of the road for no reason. Like, I get that they're neighbors, but they never really did anything to clarify, like, the, um, like, any kind of connection between the mom, Dr. Angelo, and Peter, other than the fact that they're just casual neighbors. And had I been in that situation, I would just be like, I mean, unless he specifically asked me to wait, I'd be like, uh, you need a ride, Doc? Sure, but I'm out of here. Like, it sounds like there's some bad stuff going on. I mean, right, it's, right. it's a little much to, like, you know, to believe that the mom would wait for no reason. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. What? But I, I guess this just had to have her there. But, yeah. I mean, I, but I, I agree on the you. other hand, that Pierce Brosnan is a charmer. And if I were the mom, I'd be like, <laughs> you know what? If I wait for him, there might be a chance we could hook up later. So there you go. There We can just go with that. <laughs> um, so Dr. Angelo shoots his way into MSI. He leaves a bomb that he just happens to know how to operate. But I guess he is a genius. So how hard could it be, I guess? Um, Dr. A goes over to Job in his VR gear. And he's now turned into silly putty and a rubber mask. And, like, and this is kind of where I guess you have to sort of suspend your disbelief. I mean, how can you get sucked into a VR world even with all the shots in the world? And it like dehydrates your body to do that. So what happened? Did his his body's uh, like liquids (laughs) somehow get sucked into like cyberspace? Right. It it, it looked cool. Like when his body like kind of like gets all emaciated. Mm -hmm. And I I, I thought it actually looked pretty cool, but. Right, again, I don't remember being that being in the director's cut, uh, but uh, so here we are in the VR world. We have the full lawnmower man avatar um, going on. And uh, he kind of looks like Vin Diesel, if you think about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A CGI Vin Diesel who can like barely move his mouth to like say lines. Um, And he's in the mainframe and he realizes that he's trapped. He's, uh, I guess, done whatever it is he's going to do in there. And now he's trying to find his way out. So in comes Dr. Angelo. Um, and now, so Dr. Angelo's motivation to go in there is that he's still trying to save Job. That's like the only thing I can, because if he's already trapped him, like what else is there to do but to go in there yeah. and try to, I mean, if I were him, I would the feel responsible. The only thing I could think of is I, I do think that you're right that the whole point is like to show us that he wants to help him. Mm-hmm. But I th- also I, I guess logically like maybe he just wants to make sure he doesn't like get out mm-hmm. of there to like another like computer because he did set up like those things those blocks to keep him from like using a network to to escape basically being destroyed. Right. So you know maybe he's like okay I need to go in there and distract him or whatever. Sure. But. And to just uh, paint a picture of what's going on inside the VR world, the um, lawnmower man, he keeps like 
touching this like uh i don't know it actually looks like a a 20-sided die from D&D that's like a uh, it's a code that's supposed to get him out of the mainframe but it keeps saying access denied oh and I forgot one of the things that uh, annoys me about a lot of the um, com- computer interactions is the sound of the computer's voice did that grade on mm-hmm. what did that grade on you at all Cause like yeah yeah it's it's very like it's a very 90s um uh you know, computer voice kind of I thing. I feel like not even so. It's like, I feel like what you get in computer voices is, you know, you got your howls and then you got, uh, you know, your uh, very sort of robotic ones. And this one almost sounds like <laughs> effeminate in a way. Uh, it's some, sometimes like, I, I don't know. Anyway. See, really is. Yeah. I, I, th- I felt it was like, just like very generic and normal, but you know, not, not every computer voice can be as, as masculine and testicular as the voice of thunder. Uh, the boat from Thunder and Paradise. <laughs> that boat's like uh, missiles are. Oh, see, that's what I want. That's what I want in a computer voice. But uh, anyway, okay, we're almost there, ladies and gentlemen. I promise. So, uh, all right, Doctor A uh, or Angelo, um, whose avatar I always thought looked a lot like the Silver Surfer. Um, basically, he goes in, and um, uh, the Lawnmower Man pretty much. Uh, beats him up like (laughs) he keeps uh, knocking him away um and then he very slowly keeps getting up um the frame rate in this vr world is so slow um (laughs) uh, let's see dr angelo's mind finds out um oh yeah so uh one more man reads his mind and he finds out about the bombs he tries to stop them but he can't because he's in the vr world so he tries to he goes back to trying to find the code to get out of there and then <laughs> out of nowhere it's funny they explain how he gets there later peter wanders in to um to msi again like i mean i guess how strong i mean dr angelo must have had the best video games in the neighborhood and i mean <laughs> peter must have been over there like every day i mean i guess you could infer that um, Dr. Angelo was like the dad that he wanted since his dad was so awful right. and they didn't really have time to develop this in the movie because, you know, they were busy showing Tim's having the big, the world's biggest zoom meetings with the director. Right. Um, By the way, uh, I, I don't think we've, have we explained like why we keep saying like the Skype meeting and zoom meetings are so big. It's, it's literally like a, how tall would you say that video wall is? Like ten foot, ten feet yeah, high, twelve foot. Um, I th- like like ten by like 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 ten by ten. At least, maybe, at know? least, yeah. And it's literally like <laughs> this guy having a video conversation with the director, but the director's entire face is just like a giant close up of his face, right? Where it's so close you can't see the top of his head yeah. or the bottom of his jaw. Yeah, I feel like that's very like sort of sixties like tech sci-fi spy aesthetic. Yeah, uh, which is really kind of weird seeing it here in the 90s, but uh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, Peter, I guess uh, he didn't want his uh, um, video game playing with Dr. Angelo to end. He wanders into MSI uh, looking for, <laughs> I guess, maybe both of them because he was friends with Job, too. I guess he just wanted to save his adult friends so bad. He goes into MSI, a really scary looking building. Um Right. And um, he, let's see, Peter somehow wanted, and um, so he gets Dr. A 
uh, out of the um, the gyroscope, and um, so they run out. The door is locked, um, but Job unlocks it. Oh yeah, oh wait, so I didn't write this down. So Job hears Peter's voice, and I guess it sort of uh, makes him feel he can't blow up Peter. So he lets Dr. Angelo out of the mainframe uh, so he can then get Peter out of MSI. Uh, there's a locked door, but Job then unlocks it. Uh, they run out. The bombs start to go off. The lawnmower man hits one last access code, and he goes, Ah, a back door! <laughs> and uh, it's an access granted. And then MSI explodes. Um and then we get another uh, voiceover of Doc. Yeah, and just to be clear, we do see, you know, Job escapes through this yes. Uh, yes, access yes. granted back. Um, and uh, in voiceover, Dr. Angelo says he's going to be taking his work underground now. And, um, and we can now see uh, that uh, Peter and Peter's mom are like about to go somewhere. And he says he's going to be with them in one minute. There looks like they're going to be a family now. We kind of get a a pretty happy ending for uh, Dr. Angelo here, which um, I don't think this is in the director's cut. And do you think that Dr. Angelo deserves a, uh, like a happy ending here? Um, I mean, I don't think he ultimately gets a happy ending because of what happens right after that. But um, you're right. This is not in the director's cut. Cause I did look up um, a list of the differences mm -hmm between the director's cut and this one and in the director's cut his wife doesn't leave him mm -hmm. um like she just goes to uh and there's like some additional scenes with his wife mm -hmm. too uh that are cut from the theatrical version so yeah so we don't get this in the in the uh director's cut but you know right after this what happens like we he hears his phone ring and then pans out to like the shot of like all the, the phones and, going off <laughs> All the phones are going And on. that is in the director's cut as well. So, yeah, the lawnmower yeah. man, he, he gets out. So He's coming. <laughs> he's coming yeah, for yeah. you. Watch out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did like that. That was a cool little callback because earlier, you know, he says, you know, like f f millions of phones ringing will be like my battle cry or whatever he says. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it is kind of like cool and eerie, right? Yes. Like, uh, I, I think it would have been better if the scene where Pierce hears the, the phone ringing wouldn't have just been his phone. It would have been better if he and uh, Peter and his mom were out in public and then he hears a ton of phones ringing. Right. Because like, 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 that could just be like anybody calling him, you know, for all he knows. Right. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I feel like they were probably just showing a lot of like uh, stock footage at the end with just, you know, whatever SFX or sound effects they had laying around of like ringing phones, you know, cause they were trying to save mm -hmm. a little bit of money at the end. But, uh, yeah. So that is the end of the theatrical cut of, uh, the lawnmower man. Let's, uh, render some verdicts here. So, and, uh, Steve, I, 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 I hate to say this, but I have some additional information about uh, Lawnmower Man. Oh, I would love to hear it. Experience. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, well, <laughs> so the <laughs> so the studio that made the uh, CG special effects was called Angel Studios. And I just thought this was pretty interesting. They also worked on – I got a few tidbits about them. Mm -hmm. So they ended up doing the – are you familiar with Peter Gabriel's Kiss the Frog? 
music video that has a bunch of CG in it. Yes. They did that. All right. Um, uh, they did a few other like video, like music video things, but they also did um, the uh, CG scenes for or cutscenes for the Sega CD version of Echo, uh, the Tides of Time, which is the Echo of the Dolphin. Game. Nice. Um, and they also, from that, ended up getting hired to do some cutscenes for a game called Mr. Bones on the Sega Saturn. Anyways, this ends up kind of like turning into, and then like Nintendo was impressed by them, so they got them to do mm-hmm. some stuff. Long story short, this turns into them going from a video effects, uh, visual effects company into a video game company. Mm -hmm. So they started like working on games and eventually they got bought by uh, Take-Two slash Rockstar. And now they're part of Rockstar uh, Games. Good for them. So yeah, kind of weird that they they are officially renamed, were renamed to Rockstar San Diego. Um, The other thing I want to tell you, so there were video games, for the lawnmower man and the video games like they're all actually uh a direct sequel to the film i did read that yes yeah so and it's it's of course like the 16-bit ones are platformers and then but the sega cd version and the pc versions were like interactive movies you ever Um, play any of those i played the snes one it's (laughs) not very good yeah i and that's the best reviewed one oh wow Um, i yeah, I remember renting the the Super Nintendo one, mm-hmm. and I and I know that like it turns out that like Job is actually being controlled by the shop. Oh wow! Uh, which kind of yeah, yeah I, I don't know how I feel sense. about that. I think, I think that's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess maybe they were trying to be like, see, Job's not such a bad guy right. or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, I think the last bits of information I had regarding Lawnmower Man. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, Agent Velasquez, should the Lawnmower Man be remembered for all of time? Or should it be tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? You know, I'm going to go with no. It's like not, it, it's too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's at times like it's kind of funny and how bad it cheap and campy a couple of things are but the film as a whole isn't like to me like so bad it's good territory um and i just i just don't think it's very interesting partly because of the length mm. oh hmm i think if you watch the director's cut it might uh, change your mind i mean i'm not if, if i watch an extra 39 <laughs> minutes of this get out of I here mean, steve i read what's in the director's cut and i am not impressed uh, i'm i wish i would have so i could it's a it's a tough call, but I feel like this is like a good time capsule film. Um, it was this is definitely clunky. The pacing is all wrong um, here as far as like filmmaking goes. However, I mean, you didn't find like the the bits with the CGI interesting. Like just to go back and I I gotta be honest with you. I thought when this movie came out, because you know, even though I didn't see it in theaters, mm-hmm. I remember like seeing it like uh the uh what do you call the trailers Mm -hmm. and you know i I did see bits and pieces of it on tv eventually but anyways i always thought even as a 12 year old that the cg looked terrible (sighs) whoa well i guess even at the age of 12 you were just too cool for school well i i wasn't even like i didn't even like think like the like when 3d uh video game consoles started coming you know home like the nintendo 64 Mm -hmm. and playstation one and those uh first ones 
I didn't like those games. Oh, I didn't like that either. I I thought the C the the three D stuff just looked very bad. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I at that point, you know, you were getting to just about the height of like two D pixel art, right. right? So like two D pixel art like was looking like really, really good. And then it felt like a step back to me and this just kind of reminded me of crappy <laughs> computer graphics of the time. So Well, I'm gonna vote to save it at least if not for any reason, for Jeff Fahey and the Pierce Brosnan uh, performances. Um, the rest of it could probably be tossed away. Um, aside from a few, I, I mean, I don't know. As I said, I saw it at a very young age and it made quite an impression yeah. on me. Stuff that I still have never forgotten, even to this day. So well, I think I have a lot more nostalgia for it than you, at least in enough. a positive way. So, yeah, it looks like we got another stalemate here. Uh, let's uh, run it. This is actually, you know, I just, I just like to have the stalemates just because it's my favorite bumper. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, that's right, they wasted everybody's oh, time. So you actually secretly love the Lawnmower Man, is what you're saying? Yeah. So okay, I'm just like, okay, I think Steve's gonna say yes, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> so, do you think? All right. There's no way you could remake this film, right? Because virtual reality isn't like hip and cutting edge anymore, right? Well, the problem is it is cutting edge now and it looks good and people know what it mm. the problem is like people know what it really is mm-hmm. like. So, you know, you can't like be like, oh, it's a whole new universe. Right, right. You yeah, know? you can't like fudge the Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I guess I guess you could do this is the kind of movie that like if you were gonna redo it, you know, you'd could do it with like some kind of like men- it wouldn't be virtual reality. It have to be something that doesn't really exist. Like oh, does you, you like a mental imp- like uh, a brain implant that lets you right. experience X Y things. You know, it, it, so you could kind of like do it with something similar to virtual reality as long as it's not virtual reality. So do you think that uh, just to sum up uh, our uh, virtual reality month, which is this is the final installment? Like, do you think that this was just just like all the other shows? Was the lawnmower man just sort of cashing in on a fad, just like all the other ones? I mean, do you think you could still make a movie like the lawnmower man, just using something else? I think I think it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't have to be virtual reality because honestly, like the movie, it doesn't like really delve outside of them playing like those VR games that with the motion controls and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It doesn't really delve into like virtual reality that much, and. Um, Per se, like I mean, I mean, I know, I know that they are quote unquote in the VR world, and we see like the CG and that kind of stuff. But I feel like you could have made that anything because, okay, like yeah, it's not the VR stuff that's making him smart. It's a combination of those drugs, mm-hmm. and then the VR is just being used as a tool to like feed his brain information. Right. I th- you could have I, that could have been just him sitting in front of a computer screen. Sure. I mean, I think they dove into it as much as they felt the mainstream could accept <laughs> in a in a feature length hollywood movie yeah. but uh also you're uh, probably correct in what you're saying um but uh anyway did you uh did you notice that like one trope that they avoided here that i don't think was avoided in anything else we watched 
Um, and it was something that like lots of 90s movies having anything to do with technology did. Looking at you, Sandra Bullock and the net mm-hmm. uh, was used like incorrectly used like computer terminology and terms like uh, they barely do that. They barely use like any like te- real techie words like techno babble yes. throughout this. Yeah, yeah. And when they do, it's mostly correct. Like when they refer to them, their, their mainframe computer, like it's correct. When he talks about like using networks to like reach other computers, you know, the, the use in the context is correct. So I'll give him that. Like they didn't like try to like do the 90s typical like, oh, you got to <laughs> uh, do this to the to the RAM and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Right. You know? Like so give him that. needing like creating a, uh, a version of the game that runs twice as fast, but still needing the source code like in Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, like, <laughs> like in Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Right, thank right. You. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Well, uh, well, that's it for uh, the lawnmower, man. Um, how's, uh, how's everything going over at uh, Wrestling With Gaming? <laughs> Uh, pretty good. Um, uh, you know, still don't have a new video out mm-hmm. yet, but uh, I'm still writing high, Stephen, uh, because of YouTube's algorithm pushing my videos. I just had my second video to hit a million views happened nice. a couple days ago, so I'm uh, I'm a real big man, and my uh, YouTube <laughs> my my YouTube silver play button arrives on I think Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will probably be doing a live stream Friday. Uh, if not, maybe the weekend after that, uh, unboxing it. Uh, figured that'd be fun and uh, probably play some games. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll fire up Lawnmower, man. <laughs> oh, man. I really, one of the things that I want to do with this channel is to play the games that tie into whatever we talk about on Sunday, or at least, you know, stream them. But my God, I just don't have the time. <laughs> well, maybe one day what we can do is. Um, you know, get like like on a Friday or Saturday, even if it's just an hour or something on my channel, we can stream the game. That way people get to see us interacting mm. and we're just a bunch of fun guys. <laughs> right. And uh, then we can say, hey, we're going to cover this uh, film or TV that this game is based off in a couple of days on Sunday and kind of use that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome indeed. And then you don't have to worry about setting up the stream or the equipment for that. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we can we can use uh, my channel's size to... Uh, Get us one or two more views. It's, it's, it's girth. <laughs> yes. Yep. Size does matter. So uh, what's uh, what's going on with you? I, I believe you have a trailer, right, for your uh, for your. I said for your video. You have a trailer for your video. You have a trailer for your comic, Escape from Earth. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. I finally finished the uh, crowd cinematic crowdfunding trailer. For Escape to Earth, the comic that uh, we've Escape to Earth, yep, excuse me, we've talked about a, a couple times on a few past videos. Finally finished it. Let's just roll it so we can get out of here. Here we go. Sweet. I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. Ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. 
Come on, man. I thought you were gonna die. Come on, loose. Cut me loose. Behind you. Whoa. Ah! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then... She showed up. Riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Escape 30 pages of insane dinosaur action that will leave you hungry for more. Issue 1, crowdfunding now. Written and created by Stephen Honeycutt. Arts by Antonio Brandao. Colors by Bruno Ferlani. Jump on now before the whole human race is extinct. Download the digital preview today. There it is. Are you there? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was a little behind. Right, right. I figured you were. The trailer. But uh, yeah, dude. Uh, that <laughs> that's great, dude. Uh, the, uh, the 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 guys that were capturing uh, Zero Thief almost sounded a little bit like Lawnmower Man. Actually. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is a compliment. Yeah, um, dude. That looks. I mean, I, I like like I told you before. Like, I genuinely enjoyed the your little um, uh, Ashcan uh, preview of it, uh, and uh, I mean, not not that I thought it would be bad mm-hmm. or anything like that, because you know, I, I've I've enjoyed like all of the creative stuff you've done before. But yeah, it, it was really good. I was genuinely impressed and like really liked. It. I, I I was sorry when it ended. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, uh, I've already gotten a lot of uh, pages in, and so. I don't know. Now that the video's done, I'm running out of excuses. And I mean, obviously, the crowdfunder is not up yet, but hopefully, whoever's watching this, uh, check the description. Maybe there's a link to it now. It might be up. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, let's get out of here. Make sure you like and subscribe and tell all your friends if you actually got to the end of uh, this review of The Lawnmower Man. We talk about comics, TV, and video games here on Obscurity Now, and we're actually talking about a comic book next week, Ghost Rider 2099, uh, number one. Uh, So make sure you join us then. We stream live every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. So see you next time as we continue to look at even more (laughs) obscure media only on Obscurity Now. You've You've been been enjoying enjoying Obscurity Obscurity Now, a podcast podcast that's recorded recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch Twitch and YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.